This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. I'm Melissa. And I'm Brooke. And this is, for God's sake... Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode... 44? 40 something. 44. 44, okay. (laughs) It's been two weeks since we've recorded, so... But we did release as usual last week. Yeah, we were on top of our game. We recorded two, two weeks ago, so... But it is the first time we have been at the podcast desk in two weeks. Which has been crazy. I was actually thinking on my way here, like, wow, I actually haven't spoken to you, like, really these last two weeks. Not really. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. We've both just had a lot going on, I guess. Yeah. I um started that job, and then Titus has been in school. Mm-hmm. I went on that Charleston trip, which was, it was f- Okay, so <laughs> we had fun, but we also had a lot of issues that entire trip, and I think Ashton and I were ready to be home by the end of it. Um, I mean, not issues between me and Ashton, just with Charleston in general. I don't know if any of you have ever been, but don't go. I have. It, <laughs> oh, yeah, you did go not yeah. that long ago. Do you, do you agree that well, it smells I, like shit and piss there? Well, we stayed outside of Charleston, like on like a... Uh, I don't know, like a river. And it was really nice where we stayed. It was very private and just nice. But we only ventured into the city like twice for dinner. Gotcha. So we didn't. And, and that's it. Like we didn't walk around the town or anything like that. Okay. Well, um, if you go to Charleston, do what Brooke did. Because <laughs> literally the entire time Ashton and I are trying not to throw up because the city smells so bad. We stayed in Ravenel. That's what it was. It was really nice. We stayed in North Charleston. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you. <laughs> So Ashton and I did a dark histories of Charleston chore tour. It felt like a chore, honestly. It was so hot out there. But um, they were talking about how prostitution, sex work, whatever, was um, very prevalent back in the day. Like even in the 50s and whatnot. It was just, you know, there's so much sex work going on there. Mm-hmm. And... It got so bad with the Navy and it, they every, like they were spreading venereal disease because of it that they literally had to basically take the Navy out of Charleston because <sighs> it was just getting so bad. Wow. But the point of this is that um, they said that kind of when that happened, <laughs> all of the crime and the sex work and all that moved up to North Charleston. And me and Ashton <laughs> like looked at each other and we were like, hmm. <laughs> interesting (laughs) wish we would have known that was it like shady where you guys stayed a little yeah oh i mean so we got an airbnb and this person was a super host okay Mm -hmm. so we're like okay this will be good and there's so many good reviews about this place and um we went on this trip because ashton was um going to have a surgery the following week so she kind of just wanted like a like a you know a last hurrah before that Mm because she'll have to be in the hospital for a while so um, she wanted to stay in this. It was a 
RV that these people pretty much gutted. So apparently the family used to live in this RV. It was six of them oh. in this little RV for years. So when I guess when they finally got a house or whatever, they uh, transformed the RV. And we were under the assumption that it was going to be on its own little lot. Yeah. No, it was literally in their fucking backyard. <laughs> number one. Okay. It was the weirdest thing ever. Number two, I felt very unsafe because we were in somebody's backyard in an RV. Yeah. And that just scared me. That's weird. Yeah. So anyways, um, we found two roaches in the Airbnb <laughs> upon arrival. And I, I'll spare you the details, but it just wasn't great. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It just didn't. And the, I hope our uh, Massachusetts trip isn't like that. <laughs> I don't think it will be, because it, it'll be cooler outside, oh, yeah, and I, I flourish in the cooler weather. Same. I don't do good in the heat. I hate that it wasn't like everything you guys wanted. Yeah, I think we feel the same way, but you know, we can have other trips. It'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, also. Literally in this neighborhood, we had to go through like six four-way stops to get to the house mm. that the RV was on. So every time we left and every time we came back, we had to stop at six four-way stops. And it was just, uh. that doesn't sound too bad. But when you have to constantly do it, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh. and people there don't know how to drive and they're all very mean. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was... It was um it was okay for what it was, I guess. I just really don't do well in the heat. Yeah, me either. I would not be a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I know. We went to some pizza place, like a hole in the wall pizza place. And I got I got like a personal pizza, but <clears throat> apparently personal sized pizzas in Charleston are huge. Hmm. And I only ate one slice. Wow. And like some mozzarella sticks i think it was mm -hmm. and i had to throw that entire pizza away and i felt so wasteful <sighs> and so terrible and it was so expensive was it good at least it was only okay oh it's only okay mm. well <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey. um i also i'm um, brooke i know you're not really you probably won't even know what this is that i'm about to say but for those of you who do i recently started watching game of thrones and I put it off for so long because I just knew that there was going to be a bunch of sex and rape in it. And that's that kind of stuff, like, bothers me to watch. I mean, I'll read about it, obviously. And I mean, I'm about to tell you a story about a lot of rape <laughs> in a minute. But watching it on TV, it's just so unnecessary to me. And just, I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. I don't like to watch it. And I know that Game of Thrones was very heavy with sex and rape. But after about like this first season it dies down a lot and that kind of stuff isn't as prevalent because literally the whole first season there's like two sex scenes or, mm -hmm. or sex rape in every episode mm -hmm. but it's really good i did not know that it would be this good even though people talk about it all the time my brother um was the one who convinced me to finally watch it i don't even know what it's about I didn't know what it was about either. I still really don't even know what it's about, <laughs> and I'm on the third season. But he convinced me because one of the characters, like one of the main-ish characters in the first season is the guy who played Boromir in Lord of the Rings. And so that's how he hooked me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've really liked it. I watch it um, 
while Titus is at school okay. and at night. And, I mean, I'm already on the third season, and it's only been, honestly, a few days. I've so. never seen Lord of the Rings either, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Okay, I know you don't watch TV and movies, but you have to at least watch the classics. Like what? Lord of the Rings. No. <laughs> you have to. No interest whatsoever. I didn't either until I watched it. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is very beloved. Yeah, I know. Very beloved. <laughs> uh, it's just not my thing. What is your uh, thing? What not, kind of movie is your thing? Um, House of a Thousand Corpse? Yes. So, actually, since you just said that, I made Jared watch it the other night. It was the first time he had ever seen it. Really? Yep. What did he think? I don't know. He didn't really say much. There's a lot of corpse fucking in that too, isn't there? No. No? No. No. I thought in the beginning, the blonde dude, I can't remember his name, but he's like, yeah, he's like in that room with a bunch of dead cheerleaders. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there, maybe it's just, anyways, um, and Devil's Rejects, you watch mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. what about the Rob Zombie Halloween movies? Uh-uh, no. No? No. So what? Those are the only two movies I know that you know. Yeah, I don't really watch a whole lot of movies. Like, I don't care anything about them. It's crazy because people are like, have you seen this? Have you seen? No. Nope. 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 It's crazy because I'm also that way. But I thought, I never thought I would meet somebody who was less in that way than me. Mm-hmm. But when we go on our Massachusetts trip, mm-hmm. I'm bringing, and Moulin Rouge is one of my most absolute favorite movies mm-hmm. on the face of this earth, and I'm going to make her watch it. <laughs> because I think she likes the weird kind of set movies, I think. Like, House of a Thousand Corpses is a weird movie. Yeah. I think you might like this. There's no corpses and <laughs> weird shit like that in it, but it's a phenomenal It's literally it's probably tied with Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings is my absolute favorite. Okay. So hopefully you'll I'll like it. I'll watch it. All right. Well, uh, I don't really have a whole lot new going on in my life. Um, got a little weekend to breathe. That was nice. Um, last weekend, you know, my boyfriend and I are constantly go, 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 going all over the freaking place. So last weekend was really chill and that was cool. And this weekend's been pretty chill, you know, well, just that's good. got up, went to church, um, and now we're podcasting. So it's been nice to actually chill out. Cause I feel like, like the first month of he and I dating, we were just like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, slow down. I want to take a nap. <laughs> you say that, but I come to your house two weeks later and everything's different. That's true. I mean, we did take a break as far as like not like venturing out, but we have done like a lot of uh, cleaning and redecorating and that kind of thing inside. Mounting my, your TV. My home and my business. So we've stayed busy with that, but we just haven't been like traveling across the world like we right were for a while i haven't been to cuban slave in so long i know like since i got my hand tattooed yeah it's been a hot minute that was years ago mm-hmm hmm. shame shame what <laughs> brick acts like i just have money coming on my butt and i can just uh, get whatever. a tattoo whenever I want. i'll be like i kind of want to get this tattooed and she's like you should do it you should do it like today like go over there and do it and i'm just like i can't i'm just a poor peasant oh gosh well, anyways, <laughs> you want to get the show on the road? Yes, we can. All right, let's do it to it. So, guess what, guys? I'm going to cite my sources. 
Oh, good job. But is this the fourth time in a row? I think so. Independent.co.uk, murderpedia.org, ranker.com, and theguardian.com. Wow, you used Murderpedia. I did. There is a ton of information out there There's, about this one. Oh, I thought you were going to say on Murderpedia because Murderpedia oh. usually has so much to offer. Just, I mean, everywhere. There's a lot on this one. Funny enough, I was not really familiar with this case. Alyssa has heard it. Hopefully some of you have not. Um, but Alyssa has also been listening to True Crime podcasts for a really long time where I haven't. I'm sure a lot of people listening probably will know it too. Yeah. I had not heard this, so um, super, super interesting and super fucking disgusting, and uh, yeah, let's do this. I'm excited for it. Yes. So, this is the story of Armin Mywis. He is also known as the Rotenberg Cannibal. So, Armin Mywis was born on December 1st, 1961 in Kassel, Germany. He was the only child of Waltrid Mywis, who was 40 at the time of his birth. His father was a stern man and showed little care for his son. When he was eight, when Mywis was, when Mywis was only eight years old, he left and he left Mywis to be raised by his mother. Um, so he was never heard from again. The family never talked to him again after that. Mywis was born into a rich lifestyle and even grew up living in a mansion, but he considered himself to have a very unhappy and lonely childhood. He didn't have many friends, and he was very introverted. His mother married three times, but it seemed that no man could handle her domineering personality. Mywis had two older half-brothers on his father's side who he really didn't have much of a relationship with, so he was all alone, him and mama. Sad. Now, growing up with a super strict and controlling mother, Mywis started developing odd tendencies, such as, wait for it, fantasizing about eating his friends. Oh, yeah, that's totally totally normal. normal. (laughs) So as he didn't have many to start with, he wanted them to stay with him forever. So a Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, basically. He starts obsessively reading Hansel and Gretel. Oh, my God. Now, the cannibalistic witch in the book just, like, fascinated him and captivated him. He wanted to be her. Basically. So, lacking a father figure figure or siblings, he created an imaginary brother named Frankie. Oh, okay. He, He would tell Frankie all about his cannibalistic thoughts as Frankie would listen, something his mother never did. Um, she probably should have. <laughs> right. <laughs> she didn't have a whole lot of interest in him either, it seems. So although he felt that his mother was a bit overwhelming, she was his idol. And he was always trying to win her approval, although he felt he never really did. Right. At times, she would rage against him, humiliating him, calling him worthless, And her experiences with men had left her bitter, and she took it out on the only person possible, and that was her son. He loved her dearly, though, and he always forgave her for her outbursts. That seems to be a um, repeating pattern in people like this. Mm -hmm. As a teen, Mywis began collecting material on the crimes of Fritz Harmon, the vampire of Hanover who killed at least 26 young men in the 1920s. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Harmon murdered the men and then drank their blood. 
He was beheaded at a public execution in 1925. A public execution. That's Mm -hmm. crazy to me. I know it. Less than 100 years ago. Yeah. Then Milas bought a Barbie doll and dismembered it, keeping the parts in a locked safe so his mother wouldn't find them. Isn't that what Ed Kemper did, too? Yes. Yeah. Bunch of weirdos. Milas' mother had no idea about these strange cannibalistic fantasies. Well, obviously, she didn't friggin' listen to him. Nope. And she also had no idea about his doubts about his sexuality, and he considered himself bisexual. Anytime he would take a girl on a date, his mother was right there with him, sitting oh. in the back seat of the car. What a weirdo. Yeah. Okay. Super controlling. And when he grew older, he, ended, he ends up working with the army for a while, but he continued to live with his mother. Interesting. There are a lot of similar correlations in our stories. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Later, he began working as a computer technician. Never having many friends, he turned to the internet to find them. Mm-hmm. He started searching out sites that promoted pornography and cannibalism. Okay. Mm-hmm. The two are synonymous. <laughs> right. <laughs> he had gay relations with many of his army colleagues, and he also frequented prostitutes. In September of 1999, Mywis's mother died from cancer at the age of 77, and she left him the family mansion. This is where he constructed a, sh- a shrine to her complete with a plastic mannequin that he would lay on a pillow each night oh my god how creepy that is like okay who's that oh that's psycho the movie psycho that's some psycho shit like mommy like (laughs) so after his mommy uh his mommy's death after his mother's (laughs) death after his mommy's death mommy and all alone for the first time my was developed an interest in internet pornography especially torture and pain porn interesting and that's fine if that's what you're into you know some people like that if it's consensual exactly and then he becomes more serious about executing his cannibalistic wishes okay not good even if it's consensual exactly at one point he pieced together pieces of pork into the shape of a penis and ate it okay cool there was, one. Uh, he admitted, an overwhelming desire to eat a person, and he wanted to consume someone entirely. Why the penis, though? I don't know. He just wanted to eat a penis. I feel like the penis would be the last part I would eat. Right, right. So in the year 2000, using the pseudonym Frankie, he posted an advertisement in a chat room on the website Cannibal, Ca- uh, Cannibal Cafe. Oh, Okay. Which, may I add, um, so apparently the website no longer exists. Like, you can't type it in, like, on Google. But I was able to find a Reddit forum where there were links to it. And you could click on those and go to it. Dude, Reddit has everything. Shit's wild. Reddit has You know that podcast I was telling you about something was wrong? Mm Mm-hmm. So they don't reveal the identity of these people, mm-hmm. but Reddit knows how to find them. Mm-hmm. And I have found so many, so much information about like all these different oh, um, absolutely. people because they just, all they have to know mm-hmm. are these few certain details about this mm-hmm. person's life and they can just find them. And I think that that is just wizardry. Yeah. Seriously. I use Reddit a lot I do for too. my research. Even though a lot of it is opinion based, mm-hmm. it's still super helpful. Like my case for next week, what I think I'm going to do, a lot of the things I were reading 
I was reading was, was Reddit. from Reddit. Yeah. yeah. No, Reddit. Um, even, I mean, some of the opinions, though, are, they're very, um, what's the word? Well-rounded opinions. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it gives you a good kind of third look into something, because mm-hmm. if you miss details, mm-hmm. they kind of can connect details to other things. Yep. Like, Reddit is seriously a... They're just a bunch of sleuths. Yeah. Pretty much. I uh, I was asking Jared today on the way home from church if he, you know, had read it. And he's like, I don't even know what that is. And I was explaining it to him. I was like, it is so very useful for mm-hmm. us. You know, I love it. I've got the app and I'll just type things in the search bar. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you just get tons of hits on it. So many. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. So there is uh, on Reddit, there's, you know, some little clickies you can click on and it'll send you back. You some know, clickies. Some links. <laughs> some links you can click on and it'll take you to these, you know, this page. So uh, anyway, so he goes to the chat room on Cannibal Cafe and he starts looking for a, and I quote, well, well-built man aged 18 to 30 who was willing to be killed and eaten. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, you would think, like, who the hell would sign up for this? But he got a lot of hits on this post. I yeah. feel like that's not what would have went through my head. I mean, right. there are so many people out there with so many issues. Mm-hmm. So he had a ton of replies, and these men were 100%, you know, at least acting like they were willing to sacrifice themselves to be murdered and eaten. Um, unfortunately, though, most of them did not fall through with Myos's wishes, and mm-hmm. he had several unsuccessful meetings. Now, one of the first men that Myos found wanted him to pick him up in a cattle truck and slaughter him like a pig. Okay. <laughs> so these are just crazy sexual fantasies. Like that's what this shit's about. So he want he would be willing to die to live out this sexual fantasy. Correct. Like the ultimate sexual fantasy. Yeah. And then he can die happy. Exactly. Okay. So Myos and the man meet at a train station and then they return to Myos's house. Did he pick him up in a cattle truck? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so once the man was licking Mywis's rubber butching, butchering boots and being wrapped up to be slaughtered, he backs out. Afterwards, the men just fooled around, drank beer, and ate pizza. Not human. So Mywis didn't want to just murder somebody. He wanted this to be consensual. That's something that turned him on. That's something that sexually aroused him. Was consent? Was the consent to basically be eaten by him. Well, I guess if you're going to be a cannibal. Yeah. Like he didn't want to just do, do it against someone's will. Right. Which is kind of a strange warped way of thinking. But I guess it makes more sense if you want them to be with you forever. You want it to be something they wanted as well. Yeah. You you want to eat them knowing that this is what they wanted also. Right. It's just bizarre, but whatever. It is bizarre. There's no, I don't feel like there's any kind of logic behind it. Just Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now, another Italian man made such a shocking suggestion that even Mywis couldn't go through with it. Oh Imagine God. that. This man had asked Mywis to, and I quote, burn his testicles with a flamethrower and hammer his body down with nails and pins, all while being whipped to, de- to death. And Mywis thought this was weird. 
so he couldn't go yeah, through with that's it. That's the weird part about all this. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, imagine, I can't do that. Imagine being a cannibal and there's still stuff out there that's too much for yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. Mine was a, was uh, at one point even offered the body of a young boy um, who could be purchased for a price. Uh, now, apparently, the young boy was used in a meal of Russian Orthodox feast instead, and the offer was rescinded. Huh? So he was used in the meal of an, a Russian Orthodox feast. What is that? A feast for the Russian Orthodox. I don't know. He got feasted on. <laughs> That's so sad. It's horrible. I hate that for that poor boy. It's terrible. He probably would have not wanted it anyways because there was no consent. I know. It was a child. Yeah. Uh, well, right. Yeah. So my was, was like, no, yeah, I can't do that. It's a child. He doesn't really he want this. He wanted an adult. Yes. <laughs> 18 to 30. Exactly. A man by the name of Borg Jose was the next almost victim. While laid out on the table preparing to be butchered by Mywas, Jose complained of feeling ill and asked to be released. I and, would have felt ill too, yeah. for sure. And Mywas did just that. And again, he didn't for he didn't wish to force the men or make them do anything against their will. Right, the nicest killer ever. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want to go, buddy? All right, bye. I mean, these men obviously had so much faith knowing that if they wanted to back out, you know, he would do I, it. I think they went into it really thinking that they were prepared for this and really wanted it. And then probably were like, oh, shit, what am I doing? Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you to go that far as to go to his home knowing you're about to die. Right. You must have really thought you wanted it. <laughs> you know? Maybe. I don't know. That's, I mean, I guess the view is different once you're there. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, the message was also seen by Bernd Brandis, who was a wealthy computer engineer from Berlin. He was 42 at the time, but he said he was 35 to make himself more attractive for Mywis's proposal. Still wasn't in the age range. Right, but he was a little younger. Now, Brandis also had an unhappy childhood. In 1963, on family vacation, his mother was killed when her car hit a tree. His father, who was a respected doctor, refused to accept that it was an accident. He told his then five-year-old son that his mother had killed herself. Oh, my God. Weird. He was raised by nannies, and later his father remarried and Brandis gained a stepmother. Wouldn't back then, like, suicide be much worse than... An accident? Yeah. Yeah, I, you would think so, but I guess his father just couldn't handle. I, I don't know. That's another one of those things. Like, doesn't make much sense in the. It makes zero sense because I feel like that would be one of the things I would, that would taint your family name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the '60s, but he just couldn't accept that it was an accident. So I guess he was like, "Well, no, she did it on purpose." So. That makes no sense at all. But uh, okay, yeah, whatever. So, uh, you know, he gains the stepmother, and he seems like he's a normal child. He excelled at school, and he became a valued expert at the Siemens Group. I don't know if okay. that's Siemens or Simons. It's <laughs> S-I-E-M-E-N-S. I know I've heard of it. And he had a steady girlfriend. The girlfriend later said that the two enjoyed a very enjoyable sex life together, but they had split up when Brandis revealed that he was also sexually attracted to men. After Brandis reached out regarding Mywis's post, the two men began chatting through email frequently. Their exchanges consisted of torture talk and sadism. Mywis sent Brandis, uh, Brandis 
pictures of his teeth, promising to use them to bite his tongue out. Okay. Oh, so hot. Brandis soon sold everything he owned, including his treasured sports car, wiped his computer hard drive, and bought a one-way ticket to Castle. He's serious, then. He's a very serious. He knows he's about to go out, and he is all for it. Weird. Okay. Weird. So there's no background on why, like, if his home life seemed pretty okay. I, you know, he, apparently they said he had a unhappy childhood. I guess, like, his mother dying really just screwed him up. And made him want to be eaten. I guess. Who knows what stems these strange thoughts in these people. So, uh. When the night finally came for the men to act upon their disturbing fantasy, it was March 9th, 2001, a Friday night. The day before, Brandis had written Mywis, I'll bring myself as breakfast. The two were excited to get this show on the road. Once his new friend, Brandis, arrived, the men hit it off immediately over coffee and then had sex in the upstairs bedroom. After that, Mai was started a video camera, which Brandis knew about. This was in the plan for this mm-hmm. entire ordeal to be, you know, video recorded. And Brandis swallowed 20 sleeping pills with a bottle of schnapps and instructed Mywis to bite his penis off. Oh, my God. So, you guys, just to kind of go back on what I just said. The man who consensually wants to be eaten... Just told dude to bite his penis off while he is wide awake. Why the penis? Why the penis? Why the penis? That's what I want to know. Why the penis? Why? Why is it like? Can you just bite my ear off first? Can we like you know start kind of slow? Yeah, I don't just go right for the penis, buddy. Right, because if you live, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like. This is. It's kind of funny. I'm sorry. Because dude wanted this, okay? It's not like it's like a brutal murder where like, oh my God, you know, somebody died against their will. Dude wanted this shit. Dude wanted his penis bitten off while he was alive. That just, that to me is just. So far out there. It's so far in left field. Uh, and and to me, it's like, this is not the first person who's like, bite my penis off. Right. It's like all, of, and I guess it's because it's a sexual thing. I don't know, but it's like, why the penis? Why? 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 If you live. That's, you're never ugh. you don't have a penis anymore well i guess he knew he was gonna die how you did know? you know how did eunuchs pee how did what eunuchs what is that like the people back in the day who got their penises chopped off why did they get their penises chopped off there's many reasons why i don't know like um i know like in the bible when um esther was gonna marry the king they like cut off all the men's penises around so that they couldn't defile her before mm. he, she married. And I don't know if it's their penis or if it's their balls or if it's, I would think it's everything. So then how do they pee? Are you talking about like when they castrated? Like, um, yeah, but they're, they're called a eunuch. Hmm. I'm about to Google. You can keep talking. Yeah, I yeah, just do that. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if maybe they just made them like sterile or something. Uh, I don't know. That honestly could be it. I don't know. Um, so when it didn't work and Mywis couldn't bite the entire penis off, Mywis burst Brandis's testicles with his teeth and used a kitchen knife to slice off his penis. Oh, my God. He didn't bite it off? He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. That's ouch. Already ouch. messing up the fantasy here. Right. 
So he just bursts open the testicles with his teeth. Imagine that. Ow. I cannot. And then just chops it off with a with a kitchen knife. Okay, so it is just the balls. Okay. But I thought it was both because I feel like... So it's basically like a neuter. Pretty, so it makes yeah, them sterile. Like a barbaric neuter. Yeah. 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 But, okay. Okay. So they still have a penis, so they can still pee. They just can't make babies. Right. But and they probably don't have like a sperm count. Can they still get hard though? Because I, I feel like that still back then is defiling a woman if you just were to put your wiener in her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they probably can't ejaculate, I would think. Oh, of course not. They don't have balls. Right. 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 So what was your question? <laughs> can they get hard? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Good question. Google. I'm going to Google that too. <laughs> Uh, can you get hard if you don't have balls <laughs> okay so anyway uh in a later memoir he said that brandis and i quote this is pretty horrible guys screamed horribly for maybe 20 to 30 seconds the blood was squirting from the open wound similar to a fountain oh my, my god. god i know there's probably a lot of blood that goes down there yeah yeah like, I can't, okay, so you're screaming horribly, like you're in horrible pain, but this is your fantasy. You're loving it. What is wrong with you? Do you think he is, though? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's I not mean, saying, put it back on, I'm done with this game. I mean, <laughs> you know? I mean he probably knows it's too late at that point. Ugh. But a castrated man can often, or they're still able to get an erection. Okay. But their sex drive is like. Very low. Diminished because they don't have balls. They don't have sperm. Yeah, they, they don't have the testosterone, mm-hmm. but I think it's still hard for them to get hard. But it's also kind of like at that point, there's really no point because right, right, you right. can't have the big O. Ejaculation. Right. So, um, Mywis offers Brandis a piece of his own penis to try, raw, but it was apparently too chewy for either man to enjoy. So he got his penis cut off mm-hmm. and this guy is like, here's a piece of your penis. Do mm-hmm. you want to eat it? And he was like, yeah. And then he tried it and then he He's couldn't like, do yeah, it. Too chewy. Yeah. Too, I'm laying here dying. There's a water fountain of blood going out of But let my, me try a bite of my own penis. Yeah. While I'm sitting here dying. Okay. <laughs> so Mylas then fried up the severed penis and some of Brandis's fat and a bit of garlic. Okay. Now, according to his later testimony in court, he became distracted by taking care of Brandis and he burned the food and ended up chopping it up and feeding it to his dog. Okay, so what the heck? Mm-hmm. So this is your fantasy. And you're burning it. You're literally sitting there burning it. It was all for nothing. He got his <laughs> penis cut off for nothing. For the dog to eat. For the dog. The dog got to taste the penis. Okay. Yuck. Now, delirious with happiness at having his penis chopped off. Bra- with happiness or is it for the blood, blood loss? loss? <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> uh, Brandis agreed to soak in a warm bath until he slipped into unconsciousness. Mywis gave Brandis some more sleeping pills and painkillers and waited for his friend to bleed out by patiently reading a Star Trek book for the next three hours. Okay. Like, I'll be over here in this room reading, buddy. You know, I'll see you when you're dead. but when he checked on brandis in the early morning hours he realized that he was still alive oh my god what a terrible death you you would think the dude would be like screaming but he's also doped up on like a lot of medication so he's probably just like uh, in and out of you not really know what's happening yeah yeah 
Kissing him on the forehead, he said a prayer and finally killed him by stabbing Brandis in the neck. Mm. The entire incident was recorded on a four-hour videotape. Wow. After Brandis was dead, Mywis had to prepare him. Mywis had designed a special room in his house that he called the Slaughter Room, designed for the purpose of cutting up humans, and he was finally able to use it. The dark upstairs room was furnished with a bar bed and a special cage for folding for holding his victims. He hung Brandis's body on a meat hook suspended from the ceiling and used two different saws to cut Brandis's body into edible portions. God, I feel like after the night you just had with this man where you bonded with him, you're still okay with killing him and eating him. It's the most exciting time of his life. I mean, for both of them, I guess. Yeah. So, Alyssa, um, I have pictures that were leaked from this video. Did you find them on Reddit? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, I have three pictures of this dude's body cut in half and, like, limbs and shit. So, I will not be posting them to the group because they are way, way too gruesome. But I'll let Alyssa see them. And just so you guys know, they are there if you want to find them on the internet. On Reddit, yeah. Now, I did find out that the... the, uh, Video was destroyed by the police after, you know, whoever witnessed it. But there is three screenshots from the video. And it's, it's fucked. It's fucked. I bet it is. So, I'll show you later. Uh, you don't want to show me now? Oh, do you want to see it now? Kind of. It, it's pretty, pretty messed up. You guys can hear my reaction. Yeah, okay. I'll show you right now. Zoom in. Okay, here. Come get it. Oh my god. You gotta come get it. So... I'll talk to you guys for a moment while she's looking at this. So she's looking now. Looking now. It's happening. She's zooming in. What is she thinking? What is his head in? A bucket. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Shoulder. Yeah, isn't that disgusting? So he basically, like the pictures I have, he chopped him in two lengthwise. Like from crotch to torso. Correct. And then chopped off his head, I guess. Right. Yeah, I doubt you could go straight through the head. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that insane? So how just... did they, oh, how did, how are they able to get these pictures? I don't know, but it's so disgusting. <laughs> So, again, you guys, they are out there, but I will not post them because the shit is just, like, I, I just can't. Well, you probably also catch, like, our group taken down if yeah. you posted that shit. I mean, I've posted some bad ones, but, like. Okay, but that was, there's no blur to it. You literally see just his body dangling in half, and it's. Very gruesome. It wasn't as gruesome as I thought it was going to be. I thought there'd be a lot, a lot of blood. blood. He probably had cleaned him, you know. Yeah, He's preparing I mean, the meat. He probably also, like, kind of bled out a lot in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So. Definitely. Wow. Um, so, where are we at? Okay. So, he then placed the pieces of Brandis's body in freezer bags and stored them in a secret compartment in the bottom of his refrigerator next to some takeaway pizza. Okay. In all, Mywis was able to carve off about 65 pounds of flesh from the body, and he even tried to grind the man's bones to make into flour. Okay. 
he was going to take every portion he could and get it in him. Can't you make, like, broth from bones? Yeah. He should have, like, Made stock. Some broth. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Are you, like... <laughs> <laughs> are you like sitting here giving ideas on what to do with human bones i said he should have done that. should have made some broth i mean why didn't you make some broth i feel like grounding a bone would be a lot harder than just making a broth you know then you could cook that broth with literally you like should have made some broth i mean if you're gonna do it go all out all right I do not uh, condone cannibalism, just so you guys know. God. I just think it's crazy that you didn't make a broth. <laughs> Should have made some broth. Made that human stock. <laughs> Gross. Uh, I'm sorry we're laughing, guys, but like in all reality, like I said, this dude fucking signed up for this shit. He literally wanted it. And like, I know that th- obviously there's an issue yeah. of mental illness here, but I mean. On both ends. Yes, on both ends, but it's. It's disgusting, but it's also like, I mean, sometimes your brain kind of turns horror to humor because it you can't really process it. It so. does. And I would never, like I said, I would never laugh at like a murder where somebody right. was not consensual. But not only that, but it's like, this is so just out there. It's so out there. And and like, if we were there in person, I'm sure we would be screaming and crying and being like, oh my God. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Milas took great pleasure in preparing his first meal of human flesh. He set the table with candles, his best dishes, and drank a bottle of his finest wine. He chose, and I quote, a piece of rump steak, a place from his back for this special occasion, and cooked it with potatoes and sprouts. So, what wine goes best with human? It was an Australian wine. An Australian wine. Yeah, it was a very fine Australian wine. I wonder if he taste like made sample like tested samples of wine to see which one, one kind would of taste the best with, with the, the human, human? yeah hmm. well he later told the courts that the meat tasted like pork but stronger more substantial so what wines go with pork mm, i don't know i don't either. do wines go with pork i don't know ew <laughs> he then buried the man's skull in his backyard along with teeth and inedible organs how do you know which organs are edible? That's what I want to know. He must have done a lot of research. Like, yeah, this one's not a good one. This one's pretty good. This one has a lot of protein. This but one, how do you how This do you one's kind of gamey. Well, they had the internet. And this is... Too yeah, cool. but also it's like somebody else would have had to put that knowledge out there. Yeah, those freaks on Cannibal Cafe. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe the liver. I know people eat livers. Yeah, liver, yeah. Shit, they eat everything though, like from animals, tongue, tongue yeah, mm-hmm. feet. I mean, yeah, get frog legs. Mm-hmm. So over a period of ten months, Mylas defrosted and cooked several parts of the body in olive oil and garlic. Overall, eating about fifty-three pounds of Brandis before police finally showed up at his door. How did they find out? I'm about to tell you. Okay. So when the meat began to ran- run low. Mywis jumped back online and began searching for a new victim. Mywis met five other men who responded to his new internet ad. This shit is just bonkers to me. How many men are like, yes, me, pick me, pick, pick me. me, slaughter me like a pig in a kettle truck. Mm-hmm. He did not, however, kill them. 
In July 2012, a student stumbled upon Mywis's post and alerted the German authorities. How did they just stumble upon this? They post? had to be on there. They had to be on cannibalcafe.com. <laughs> Maybe they're weirdos like us and just like, mm, let's see what happens here. Oh, I don't like this. This <laughs> seems serious. Oh, God, police, 911, help. It was the Reddit for back then. <laughs> right. He stumbled across that and was like, hmm. Yeah. When the police arrived and found Brandis's body, uh, body parts that were frozen, Mywis claimed that it was a wild pig. And they also there discovered the video of the killing. For some reason... I feel like it would look very different from a wild pig. pig. Yeah. But I don't know anything I mean, about anything. Pretty sure they already know at this point that it's human. So. Yeah. Brand, or, uh, sorry, Mywis. I don't think that was a very good claim, but hey. You know. The case proved problematic for prosecutors, though, because cannibalism is not illegal in Germany. Huh? It's not how is how how has after all these years cannibalism has not been made it's not illegal but murder is so instead they charged him with murder for the purposes of sexual pleasure and with disturbing the peace of the dead yeah so you got to find some kind of something to charge him with you know you can't just get away with that do they have assisted suicides in germany i'm not sure That'd be interesting to look into because that could have been a defense too. But I assume it would have to be assisted by like a doctor. Yeah. And not your average cannibal. um, Yeah. So if you think about it, Mywis had a unique defense because his victim actually agreed to be killed and eaten. Right. All the evidence is there. The video shows it. You know, anything they would have found online shows it. Mm -hmm. Dude wanted it. In his pre-trial interview, the cannibal said that after eating Brandis, he felt much better and more stable. Brandis spoke spoke really good English, and since eating him, Mywis said that his English had improved. What? He also revealed that he had begun writing memoirs. Okay. He said during his trial that Brandis, and I quote, came to me at his own free will to end his life. For him, it was a nice death. Okay. Which, I mean, it sounds factual. It did not sound like a nice death. Well, he, that's what he wanted, you know? I mean, I guess I, I mean, so. I agree. It doesn't sound nice. But if that's like your sexual fantasy and you're like, this is what I want, this, you know, like, whatever, dude. I'm not, who am I to judge? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm judging. Yeah. Yeah. So the video that authorities found was shown to the jury and oh my god yeah imagine being in that jury watching the video i'm sure is much worse than seeing this still oh yeah so some of the jury and some of the journalists needed therapy after seeing the horrifying evidence yeah i bet so although it has never been released to the public Four alleged screenshots of the video have been leaked on li- online. I wonder how that happened. Now, I showed you the three that I could find. I did read on Reddit that there is a fourth of Brandis's head in the bucket. So, that I don't know. That would be the one I'd want to see least. Shoot, I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> but that's the one that would give yeah. me... I mean, just seeing... A dead head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. in Game of Thrones, there's a lot of head chopping off, mm-hmm. and just seeing the head roll just makes me... <laughs> uh, uh. Um, on the 30th of January, 2004, Mywis was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight years and six months in prison. I mean, I guess that's justifiable. Well, but... 
In April of 2005, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed Mywitz's sentence, arguing that he should have been convicted of murder because he killed for sexual gratification, a motive proved by having videotaped the crime. The court ruled that the original trial trial had ignored the significance of this video and disproving the argument that Mywitz had only killed because he had been asked to kill. At his retrial, a psychologist stated that Mywis could reoffend as he, and I quote, still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. I mean, he already put out a second ad. So. Right. On the 10th of May, 2006, a court in Frankfurt convicted Mywis of murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. Now, I do have a question about this. I thought that once you had been sentenced, you, you couldn't, couldn't be, be resentenced. You couldn't be. Now, is that just a United States I'm probably. Law. Okay. Because I was very confused by that. I'm like, okay, he got eight and a half years, but then he got life. Like, I felt like you couldn't do that, but this is Germany. I know so. you can do that under an appeal in the United States, but because a lot of times, like in mine, mm-hmm. um, he went through an appeal process and then his um, sentence went up. Went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I doubt he appealed this eight-year manslaughter yeah. sentence. So no. I don't know. I don't either. So he has been described as a model prisoner who is friendly, outgoing, and polite. He reads, helps other prisoners with a typewriter. I'd be scared. Goes to church services and works in the laundry room. Get this shit. Okay. In prison, he has been given privileges to go on walks. Two officers accompany accompany him. He wears sunglasses and a cap to hide his identity. The officers drive him to another state so that he is unlikely to be recognized. Why are you giving him those privileges? Why? I mean, I think the cannibal would be the last one I would give those privileges to. Now, to end my story, I would just like to say this. Mm -hmm. Arwen Mywis has now become vegetarian. The end. Does vegetarian mean only animals, <laughs> not humans? What? <laughs> oh my God. Like instead of eating humans, he just now eats animals. I'm pretty sure it means he doesn't eat meat of any kind. Because <laughs> you know, okay, you don't know this, but <laughs> Twilight. Oh God. <laughs> you know, it's about vampires. Yeah. And they're vegetarian vampires because instead of drinking human f- uh, blood, they drink animal, animal blood. blood. So ah. <laughs> that's why I said <laughs> That would be funny. It's, no. it's so hard to do, like, pop culture references with you because you I don't know. know them. I know nothing. No. None. I'm sure people listening did catch on to I that, I hope though. they did because I sure did. I- Especially with the explosion of the, like twilight kind of re-emerging into like a prominent thing that's too funny well that's funny that he's now a vegetarian vegetarian. that's kind of a shame like come on now like kind of a shame i mean like either go for it all for it or don't like what you just killed this dude like now you're a vegetarian literally ate his penis gross well i mean maybe he thought that if he became a vegetarian he wouldn't have as many urges to eat humans because i mean it's got to be hard being locked in prison and wanting to eat humans but you can't (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and changing your diet is a lot easier than changing like like pedophiles changing their sexual preference yeah sexual preference you know what i mean yeah um just changing your diet i mean 
maybe as the more broccoli and zucchini he eats, the less he'll crave human meat. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Shit's crazy to me. Dude. Me too. But I understand what you're saying. It really was kind of all for nothing. If At the end, you're going to yeah. die a vegetarian. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Go big or go home, I guess. Exactly. Stick to your guns, dude. Like, whatever. Once a cannibal, always a cannibal. I'm saying. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with my story. Hi guys and welcome back. Hello. Um before I begin my case, I meant to do this in the beginning, but I forgot. Um and I meant to do it when I was talking about my Charleston trip because I went with my friend Ashton. And um as I said earlier, she had um a surgery this past Thursday. And it's been a pretty it was a pretty intensive surgery. She was in surgery for like almost ten hours. Um and I don't, I know she talks about it publicly on her Facebook, but I'm not going to on here just in case she wouldn't want me to. Um, but with that being said, um, Ashton has purchased ads from us before because um, she sells Scentsy products. And um, I just wanted to give you guys the link or the whatever. <laughs> so you can type it in um, into your phone or your, or your computer or whatever. Um just because this surgery, I'm sure, is going to cost her a lot of money. and um, She'll be out of work for quite some time. Yes. And, um, you know, just, you know, she's got fur babies and a husband. And, you know, I would just like to, you know, put this out there in case you guys are feeling generous and want to buy some Scentsy stuff. Which I, I know that we do ads and some of the times we don't really know the products before we do the ads. But... With Scentsy stuff, I buy those all the time. I can't, and I don't just buy them because she's my friend. I mean, it started out that way, but I genuinely love Scentsy products. I constantly have um, one of uh, like the wax in my wax warmer that I bought from them, and I I buy the counter cleaners and the bathroom cleaners and the dish soap, and I buy the dryer discs and the car bars. And I mean, seriously, my house has never smelled better. <laughs> um, and Brooke just recently purchased. A bunch of stuff from them too yes so um, help a girl out yeah i highly recommend um i just wanted to also give just a few facts about it um with the scentsy warmers um they do not they're not, they don't burn or they don't like they're not as warm as a warmer you would buy from like walmart or hobby lobby or wherever they only heat up to, I think she said room temperature, so it doesn't burn your wax. And all of the wax is non-toxic mm-hmm. um, compared to um, the waxes you can buy at Walmart, which are toxic. Um, that, to me, is always a very, very important thing. And I'm pretty sure all of their, their products are non-toxic. And their cleaning supplies smell so freaking good. I always buy the Sun Kiss Citrus and the the blue grotto and it makes your house smell so freaking good i buy the room sprays too i got a bunch of those on my order i can't wait i have the pineapple pucker and then uh the blueberry cheesecake oh i got the blueberry cheesecake it smells 
so freaking like you want to eat it i seriously. got that um the room spray and the blueberry cheesecake i got i think i got two of the wax melts and i think i got a car warmer with it too they as soon as i saw that i was like yes yes give they, me all the bakery smells they smell so freaking good um i also have the mini fan diffuser that you plug into your car Ooh. and let me tell you the car bars are good and the the scentsy um circles are good but the mini fan diffuser i think it's 15 dollars, and then the pods are 10 dollars for a pack of two but i'm telling you one pod will last you forever i i got mine forever ago and i'm still on my first pod in my car it just it smells so good in there awesome. you just plug it into your usb and um a little fan blows into the pod and the pod has these little beads in it and it just makes your car smell so good. So um, if you're interested in, you know, helping Ashton out and supporting her business and, you know, supporting her through this, you know, hard time, she's going to be in recovery for a while. Um, you can go to her website at ashtoncouch.sensi.us. And um, if you decide to buy multiple things, um, if you go to the specials option, um, you can bundle and save a good bit of money i didn't realize that there was a bundle button. which is something i didn't know either right so um you can buy like a, a warmer with like three or six waxes and it's you know much cheaper than if you were to buy the wax and the and the warmer separately so um give that a look and i mean at least you know just kind of browse around because there are so many good products on there and you know once again i love scentsy stuff like i would have never thought that i would be um, a person to, you know, constantly buy it, but I do because I just genuinely think it's that good. And especially since I have a kid, I really like that, you know, everything is non-toxic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyways, um, <laughs> I guess just keep her in your thoughts yes. during this time. Okay. So today I am covering this monster named Gary M. Heidnick. Have you ever heard of him, Brooke? I haven't. Okay. I, I, I'm not as uh, well-versed as Alyssa in these things. So, Well, I had never heard of him either until um, this girl I went to elementary school with, mm-hmm. she messaged me. She listens to our podcast, and she sent me a TikTok about him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or not a TikTok. She sent me a screenshot. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to research this because it's crazy. Wow. Um, He's often referred to as the Ted Bundy of Philadelphia, Mm. which uh, there are some similarities, I guess. But uh, I don't really I don't really see it. I mean, Ted Bundy was definitely way worse than this man, even though this man is like a monster. So let's begin. Gary M. Heidnick was born November 22, 1943, to Michael and Ellen Heidnick. He also had a younger brother named Terry. They lived in the East Lake suburbs in Cleveland, Ohio. And after his parents divorced in 1946, Gary and his brother lived with their mother for four years before moving to their father's house. And their mother was an alcoholic, so that's why they were sent to their dad's house. Mm Mm-hmm. Gary claimed that his father would often emotionally abuse him and that he would wet the bed and hum- and his father would humiliate him. And he would do this by making him hang his wet bed sheets in front of his window, like his bedroom window, 
on the outside of the house so the whole neighborhood could see. What is it with these parents and humiliating their children? I have no idea, but it's really sad. It really is. That's what creates murderers, guys. Can you not do that? Just like have some compassion for a child who created a Jesus. <laughs> it's really not that hard. Lord have mercy. So Gary didn't do well in school when it came to making friends. He refused to make eye contact with anyone. And one time, a girl classmate asked him if he had done the homework that night, and Gary yelled at her, telling her that she wasn't worthy to talk to him. Oh. Oh, I forgot to cite my sources. Mm -hmm. I used Wikipedia, criminalminds.fandom.com, and then (laughs) earlier I asked Brooke and her boyfriend if the Inquirer was like, and, and, uh, what did I say? Uh, a reliable source of info. And they said no. But I used the Philadelphia Inquirer, which I don't know if that's the same kind of thing. But um, it was basically just like a um, kind of like a transcript to a interview with one of his victims. And I watched the video, too, and it seemed to be to fall in line. So that's why I used it. Okay. Yeah, I think that like the National Enquirer is like satire, like, you know. Okay. So, um, Gary was also teased because he had an oddly shaped head. Oh. That was allegedly caused by him falling out of a tree when he was younger. And this is um, what him and his brother say. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really look up too many pictures of him, but the ones that I did see, he didn't really seem to be like that hideous of a man. And his head looked normal to me, so I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. despite the issues that he had socially, he did extremely well academically, including having an IQ of 148. Wow. Do you know what the average IQ is? No. 100. Wow. So he was very smart. That's so strange to me. A lot of these killers are so very smart. I think Ed Kemper had... Oh, roughly yeah. the same IQ as yeah. this guy. Um, when he was 14 years old, his father encouraged him to enroll at the Staunton Military Academy in, I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's like S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N, yeah. Staunton, Virginia, for two years. Um, the school is no longer in operation now. Um, he left the school and went back to public school, but dropped out when he was 17 and joined the U.S. Army. He was in the Army for 13 months, and Gary's drill sergeant graded him as excellent during his basic training. But afterwards, he applied to several specialist positions, but was ultimately rejected from them. Hmm. So they sent him out to San Antonio, Texas to train as a medic, which he did well at. Gary was not in San Antonio for very long before he was transferred to the 46th Army, the 46th Army Surgical Hospital and uh, Landstuhl, West Germany. Another kind of correlation here. Yeah, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Very similar situations. Right. After being there for three weeks, he earned his GED. While stationed at the hospital, Gary started complaining of severe headaches, dizziness, blurred vision, and nausea. Hmm. A hospital neurologist diagnosed him with gastroenteritis and also noted that he showed symptoms of mental illness. Hmm. He was prescribed 
trifluperazine. I don't know what that is or how to pronounce it, but it is an antipsychotic commonly used to treat schizophrenia, but is also used for short-term use due to generalized anxiety. Okay. In October of 1946, Gary was transferred to a military hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder, which caused him to be honorably discharged from the military. And after this discharge, Gary became a licensed practical nurse and enrolled at the University of Pennsylvania. But really? Yes. But he dropped out after one semester. Wow. And I, I think that's a pattern with really smart people. It's like mm-hmm. they, they drop out all the time and they get bored, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He got a job at Veterans Administration Hospital in Coatesville. Coatesville. I don't know but was fired due to his poor attendance and because he was rude to the patients, which, I mean, you can't do. You can't be rude to the patients. Eek. <clears throat> From August 1962 until his arrest in March of 1987, Gary spent a lot of time in and out of psychiatric hospitals and attempted suicide at least 13 times. Wow. And Ellen, his mother, suffered from bone cancer and the effects of alcoholism. She committed suicide by drinking mercuric mercuric chloride. I guess that's how you say it. Terry, Gary's brother, had also spent a lot of time in mental institutions and also attempted suicide many times. So this whole family is just, like, not doing good. A lot of mental illness. Mm-hmm. By October 1971, Gary created a church called the United Church of the Ministers of God, which only had five followers at first. And four years later, in 1975, he opened an account under the church's name and deposited $1,500. Eventually, Gary would end up amassing $500,000, which is equivalent to three million three hundred and seventy thousand four hundred and seven dollars in 2021 holy cow yeah by 1986 the church was extremely wealthy and thriving so you know what's crazy about this is this motherfucker started a church (laughs) and there's like nothing about it like this seems like a cult yeah but it's there's like Jim Jones shit. Right, but there's nothing about it. This has nothing to do with a cult. Right. But yet, it seems like there's a cult involved. Gary ended up using a matrimonial service to find his future wife. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to do, you have to find a service that will match you with a woman. Yeah. To marry. That's weird. <laughs> I looked up kind of what that was because I felt like it was different than you know like tender plenty of fish or whatever i feel like it's like a uh you know how like they have like the services that like bring in like a uh, a bride from overseas type thing that's literally what this is okay and um it's primarily used in india weird that's where most of their um activity is from hmm. um so he found a name uh, he found a name <laughs> he found a woman named Betty Disto who lived in the Philippines. They co- co- oh my god, I cannot speak today. Mm-hmm. They corresponded. 
through mail for two years before. Doesn't it help when you say things softly? Yes. Corresponded. Corresponded. <laughs> um, so they corresponded <laughs> by sending each other letters for two years before Gary proposed to her. And September 1985, Betty made her way to Gary and they married in Maryland on October 3rd, 1985. Unfortunately for Betty, she found her husband in bed with three other women. Mm. And I don't know if it was three other women or three other women, like, three separate times. Like a woman, three. Oh, God. Three (laughs) women in the bed at one time. (laughs) I'm assuming it's different times. I don't know. I don't know. It's unclear. But obviously, this caused their marriage to drastically deteriorate. And I said unfortunately, but I definitely mean fortunately because of the absolute just, like, hot garbage that gary is yeah but it's unfortunate because she you know had uprooted her life to marry him and then he did unspeakable things to her so yeah um and throughout their short marriage gary would force betty to watch while he had sex with other women no yes and according to betty he would repeatedly rape and assault her what a shit bag. I know. And you know, it's sad, too, because they talked for two years before this. Yeah. You and, think you know somebody. Right. And then you don't. You think you know him. You think you're coming to marry the love of your life. And then he's just like. A garbage can. Hot garbage. Yeah. Luckily, though, for her, the Filipino community in Philadelphia banded together to help Betty leave Gary, mm. which she was finally able to do in January of 1986. Good for her. Yes. And in 1987, Betty Betty requested child support payments from Gary, which was a surprise to him because he didn't even know that she was pregnant. Oh. (laughs) Um, In September of 1986, she had given birth to their son, Jesse John Disto. And Gary had had another son named Gary Jr., but he was placed in foster care after his birth. He also had a third child with a woman named Anne Jeanette Davidson, who was illiterate and mentally disabled. What the fuck? Their daughter was named Maxine Davidson, and she was born March of 16th, March 16th, 1978, and was immediately placed in foster care. Shortly after Maxine was born, Gary was arrested for kidnapping Anne Jeanette's sister, Alberta. Oh. Who was living in an institution for the mentally disabled. Oh my gosh, what a sick fuck. Yes. In 1978, he signed out Alberta from a mental institution on the pretense of day leave. But instead, he imprisoned her in a locked storage room in his basement. Oh my god. Thankfully, she was found and taken to a hospital. They discovered that while she had been imprisoned by imprisoned in gary's basement he had raped and sodomized her along with giving her gonorrhea Ew. yes what a sick man so he was arrested and charged with kidnapping rape unlawful restraint false imprisonment involuntary deviant sexual intercourse and interfering with the custody of a committed person his original sentence was overturned on appeal and instead spent three years of his incarceration in mental institutes and was released on April 1983 under the supervision of a state-sanctioned mental health program. And we see instances like this all the time mm-hmm. where they always just get a slap on the wrist. That's so disgusting. And then, you know, they go on to do even worse things. Yeah. 
And I just kind of wonder, and not just with this case, but in every case where they've gotten a slap on the wrist, like how many people would still be alive? How many people wouldn't really need therapy to the extent that they're getting it? Yeah. If they would have just kept them in prison. Right. Hmm. I feel like that kind of person really cannot be rehabilitated. I don't think so. So Gary was arrested again in 1986 and charged with assault, indecent assault, spousal rape, and involuntary deviant sexual intercourse Hmm. because of Betty. Um, Gary had a deep desire to have sex slaves and a harem. So do you want to know what he does? Do you want to guess what he does? Find somebody on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is before internet. Um... He picks up prostitutes. I don't know. Well, he begins to kidnap women. Okay. Because sex slaves. Mm-hmm. November 25th, 1986, Gary picked up Josefina Rivera, who was a part-time sex worker. Josefina had just given birth to her son, Ricardo, a few weeks before Gary picked her up. Um, and she was out, you know, just trying to make some money for cocaine. Mm. Gary pulled up in his 1980 Civic Cadillac and told Josephina that she looked like Diana Ross and mm-hmm. asked her on a date. And usually Josephina would only have sex with men in their cars or in a nearby alley, but Gary wanted to go back to his house on Marshall Street. And I just want to know how awful it must be to have rules set in place and the one time you break it, you get kidnapped. Right. Like, that must be just the worst feeling. Oh, God. Gary took her to his bedroom where they had sex on his waterbed for $20. And yes, it was sex because, you know, she consented to it. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm calling rape sex. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, though, Gary came up behind Josephina and started to strangle her. She became unconscious, and when she finally came to, Gary had one of her hands in handcuffs and was trying to get her other arm around her back. Gary forced her into his basement and pushed her into a dirt hole that he had dug under a concrete floor and then chained her to a sewer pipe. Oh my god. He put muffler clamps around her ankles and then put nuts on the clamps and used crazy glue so that she could not remove the nuts. He then placed plywood over the hole and set dirt-filled bags on top. No. Yes. The hole that Josephina was forced into wasn't big enough for her whole body, so she had to awkwardly bend herself. And every so often, Gary would pull her out by her hair, beat her with a stick, and then put her right back inside. Oh, my God. December 3rd, 1986, Gary abducted his second victim, Sandra Lindsay, who was mentally disabled. What a shit bag. This is the second person he's done this to that has a mental disability. Yeah. Gary had gotten her pregnant previously and she had had an abortion, which made him extremely angry. He would feed the two women so irregularly and kept them half naked raping them repeatedly. December 23rd, he brought 19-year-old Lisa Thomas to his house and drugged her wine. He then forced her into the basement with the other women. A week later, Gary abducted another woman named Deborah Dudley. 
She had a fighting spirit and didn't want to take Gary's shit, so she would resist and fight back. But because of this, Gary beat her and put her in the hole more than the other women. Wow. So the hole was like a punishment for these women. Yeah. And they all couldn't fit in it because it was really small. So he would, I guess, whatever one he was just most angry at that day would Mm -hmm. go into the hole. January 18th, Gary abducted Jacqueline Askins. He would force the women to have sex with each other and even feed them dog food to humiliate them further. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, so they use a toilet in the basement that didn't have any plumbing. And if they talked back to him, he would beat the women with sticks. Gary would play music from the radio at all hours of the day to drown out the sound of their screams. So I think if you hear somebody constantly playing music, that's kind of a red flag. Right. Blaring music. Mm Mm-hmm. Josephina talks about how Gary's main purpose wasn't to kill, but it was to get all of the women pregnant. Eh. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I do not know. He didn't want to have the three kids he already had. Right. He would rape the women every night, one after the other, on an air mattress in the basement. And he saved the women he thought might be pregnant for last. Wow. I'm just wondering how he did that. Like, there are six women in there. Mm. I don't understand. That doesn't logically make sense to me. No. So, Josephina's main goal was to get out of there alive along with the other women. And over time, Gary made the pit bigger, but still only four of the women could fit in it at a time. Josephina wanted to stay out out of the hole as much as she could, so she started listening to Gary talk about his unhappy childhood Mm -hmm. and all of his suicide attempts. He talked about his time in the army and and all of his time in psychiatric hospitals and prisons. And she listened and, you know, seemed sympathetic so that he would favor her. Right. He was doing everything on a rink system. He was putting people in positions to be in charge. This is what Josephina said. Gary chained her to the sewer pipe and told her to watch the other women. February 1987, Gary became increasingly frustrated with Sandra Lindsay, who was, you know, the one with the mental disability. Mm -hmm. Josephina said, Sandra had a problem with her jaws. They weren't aligned right, so it was a struggle every time she ate. February 7th, Lindsay Lindsay pissed Gary off for unknown reasons, and so he punished her by hanging her by one of her wrists from a roof beam for two entire days. What? Yes. Oh, my God. Her breathing slowed, and she looked malnourished and sick. Josephina said that Gary was trying to get her to eat by beating her with sticks. Oh. Because you know that works, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Sandra started choking, and so Gary went back upstairs to get the keys to let her down. When he did, her body slammed on the cement floor. And she died. Oh, my God. So, Gary took Sandra's body upstairs where he used a chainsaw to dismember her. And suddenly, the women started smelling a foul smell. Josephina said it was the worst smell she's ever smelled in her entire life. And um, then Gary ordered Deborah Dudley upstairs and showed her Sandra's head in a pot 
and her ribs were in a roasting pan. Oh, my God. Yes. This is sickening. And Gary told Deborah that if she didn't didn't get it together, he would do the same to her. Gary mixed Sandra's body parts with dog food in a food processor and then fed it to the women. Yeah. And Josephina said he would bring down cookies and the smell would be on the food. We smelled it on his clothes, on him. We didn't know for sure what it was, but we could not eat it. Wow. Yes. And I read on Wikipedia, 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 (laughs) that it could not be confirmed whether or not he actually tried to feed Sandra to the women. But I personally believe he probably did. Yeah. um, Especially because of the smell that Josephina talks about. Yeah. Um, They had like a cuisine experts. I don't know what it was. I meant to write it down, but I didn't. But it was somebody who specializes in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They said that there was no evidence that that had happened. But I mean, like this happened well before he got arrested. He could have gotten rid of everything that he used to cook her with. Absolutely. So I think he probably did it. That's so disturbing. And I don't think these women would lie. Because Deborah saw it happen. Yeah. So... Um, even his neighbors reported a horrible smell to the police that was coming from Gary's house. And nobody did anything. Let me tell you. Gary told the police that he was cooking a roast and that he fell asleep and accidentally burned it. Mm. Remember in your story, he said that it was wild hog or whatever Uh in the freezer and Uh they didn't believe him. Uh Well, these motherfuckers did. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <sighs> the police believed him. They were like, we have no reason to not believe you. But I don't know. if Have you ever smelt a burnt roast? Yeah, I don't imagine that it would be so foul that the neighbors would be calling. No, I've burnt a roast before, okay? And it smells yeah. nothing like what I imagined a body to smell like. It just smells like a roast, but a little burnt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Burnt food smells a lot different than corpse i would believe so oh goodness so after this josephina told gary that the other women were plotting to attack him in order to escape go girls in return gary stabbed their eardrums with a screwdriver to make them deaf so that the women could not be able to hear when he was coming into the basement oh my god that's disgusting that makes me hurt yeah me too me too and it's like, why would Josephina say that to him? I don't know. There's some controversy with her, but she said about the whole screwdriver thing, I'd watch him do it to the other women and see them cry in pain. Gary amped up his torture to the women, excluding Josephina, because, you know, she was his favorite. She was able to have special privileges, and I say that in air quotes, because, you know, he trusted her. She was occasionally allowed to go upstairs to watch a movie and Gary would rape her in a more comfortable location. You know, that was a special privilege. Like she got to be raped on a bed instead of, you know, a blow up mattress Mm -hmm. in the basement. Mm -hmm. Josephina, um, she kind of became Gary's right hand man or woman and assisted him in the torture of the other women. Oh my. March 19th, 1987, Gary, Jane, Deborah in a water-filled pit and made Josephina tap the chains with battery cables as he did the same. Deborah violently shook and screamed, but it didn't take her long to die. Oh my gosh. 
After this, he made Josephina sign a letter confessing that she and Gary electrocuted Deborah. This was the deal if Josephina wanted to remove her chains. And so she did it. Gary buried Deborah in the Pine Barrens and afterwards took Josephina to McDonald's. But while he ate a Big Mac and fries, Josephina couldn't eat. She felt so sick for what had just happened only moments earlier. But signing that letter granted Josephina more freedom with Gary. He trusted that she was on his side, or at least that she was completely submissive to him and wouldn't try to run away. Mm -hmm. They would go to Denny's together and he would take her clothes shopping. And she now slept in the bed with him instead of in the basement with the other women. Wow. He really thought I was on his side and I wanted to make sure he thought that. This was my way out, Josephina said. She talked about how it was impossible for her to run away while they were out because if she did, Gary would have killed the other women because he wasn't going to leave nothing for anyone to find. To replace Deborah, Gary wanted to abduct another woman, so he recruited Josephina to help him choose his next victim. And this is when they found Agnes Adams. And they brought her back to Gary's house and put her in the hole. And as a reward for her good behavior, Gary told Josephina that she could go see her family. Wow. Right. <laughs> so, um, okay, I lost my place. Hold on. Okay, so this, this was finally her chance to escape. Um, so she told Gary to drop her off at 6th and Gerard and that she would return in 25 minutes. But as soon as Gary drove off, she ran to the nearest payphone and called 911. Good. But the cops did not believe her at first. What? Yeah. They did not believe her. I mean, they also thought that this horrible foul smell was a burnt roast. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. They thought that she could be making it up or making up this lie because she was upset with her. And I quote, old man with her oh. old man. Oh. But she showed them the scars on her arms and legs and told them to go into Gary's house. So the cops arrested Gary at the gas station and made their way to his house. And inside they found two women who were naked below the waist and were chained together attached to pipes. Another woman was found in the pit under a piece of plywood. As for Josephina, her fellow captive, captives thought that she was Gary's helper and that she wasn't the hero she claimed to be. Mm -hmm. But the assistant district attorney, Charles Gallagher, defended her and said that she was commanded and encouraged and forced to help Gary torture the other women. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what do you think? Um, I don't know. I have kind of mixed feelings about it because, I mean, she told him that they were plotting to hurt him. Yeah. And, you know, she knew something bad would happen to them. And he, you know, ruptured their eardrums. My opinion is, and don't take this as fact. Obviously, I don't know what went on in her head. But I think that it was mostly just self-preservation. I really kind of don't think that she cared whether the other women got out, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, she... Was thinking of everything she could do to survive. Right. Yeah, Which, I agree. I mean, who knows what I would do in that situation, but... Take care of you, probably. Right. So, yeah. I don't think that she did it because she wanted to. I think she did it to survive. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I can understand the other woman being upset about that. But, I mean, you know, in the end, 
you know, four of them were safe. So, yeah, I don't know. Gary claimed that the women were already in the hole when he moved into the house. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That's what he said. And he was doing this to get, you know, the, totally the insane. Like, you know, right. the real estate agents showing the house. <laughs> and she's like, oh, by the way, they're a part of the house, too. It comes with six women. Mm-hmm. Um, they're yours now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> his defense attorney, A. Charles um, per Peruto Jr. tried to prove that Gary was legally insane. However, the prosecutor, Charles F. Gallagher III, stated that Gary was able to successfully amass $550,000 through his brokerage account, and this proved that he was an astute investor and therefore could not be legally insane. So on July 1st, 1988, Gary was convicted of two counts of first degree murder and was sentenced to death at the State Correctional Institution at Pittsburgh. He attempted suicide in January the following year by overdosing on Thorazine. July 6th, 1999, Gary was executed by lethal injection at the State Correctional Institution of Rockview. And then his body was cremated afterwards. Good. Yes. Mm. Right. So the, so all of my, um, sources really didn't give much information about these girls' backgrounds, Mm -hmm. which is so sad. I know nothing about any of their backgrounds. All I, Josephina, who's the one that, you know, called the police or whatever, there's stuff on her. Mm Mm-hmm. There's stuff on her life afterwards, but I feel like it's very kind of demeaning to her. Mm-hmm. So I did not include it because they just kind of, I don't know. I just think it's better left out. Yeah. But um, it's sad because I feel like this story did not get as much coverage because, you know, his all of his victims were black women. Mm-hmm. One was mentally disabled. One was a sex worker. Um, the other ones, I think uh, maybe another one was a sex worker too. I can't really, there really wasn't information. I don't know how he, you know, kidnapped them. Yeah. I don't know where he found them or what, you know, his, you know, what he was really looking for. Children. So. Did any of them get pregnant? It didn't even say. Wow. It didn't even say. I literally read five or six articles and could not find anything about it. So I don't know. I really do not know. I mean, uh, thankfully he was executed a year after he was, you know. Good. Don't waste any time. But still, like, there's really not much information about it. And that makes me very sad for these victims. Absolutely. Eek. So Mm. anyways, another another um, episode of correlating. Yeah. (laughs) Stories. We do that a lot. We really do. So I guess, guys, just let us know what you think about this episode about the cannibals. Yeah, the can the proven cannibal and the projected cam can- cannibal cannibal. <laughs> also, before we go, I do want to mention um, our giveaway that is still going on at this time. Um, if you go to our Facebook group, which is for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. Uh, there's a post up right now and it explains the rules, but basically all you have to do is post a link 
uh, to your favorite episode of whichever podcast we've done that's your favorite. And um, then comment on the post and click or or, uh, comment on the post done. And that's literally it. And you get entered in to win a free Don't Drink the Jones Shoes t-shirt of your choice. Right. This giveaway will be, the winner will be announced on the 31st of this month. So you've basically got one week. The 31st. Correct. Is that right? What day is that? It's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. When our uh, 46th episode will come out. Okay. So we've got one episode before and then the next, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so are you just going to do it that day, or do you want to move it to that Sunday so that I can be here for it? 45th, I guess. It'll be the 45th episode. Yes. The 45th. Okay. You'll you'll be here. (laughs) On that Tuesday? No, you won't be here on the Tuesday, but we'll have recorded Oh, I thought we were going to, like, do a group. Like how we always usually like make a live on the Facebook. Oh, I mean, we can do that. I just thought maybe we would announce it like actually on the episode. Okay, we can we can do that. That's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, of course. All right. So we'll announce it on the episode on Tuesday, the 31st. Yes. Okay. And remember, guys, we do have a merch store and you can find it at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. Um, we're going to have some new stuff up there hopefully soon because Store Frontier has broadened their um, their uh, shirt choices. And now there's like sweatpants and joggers on there. They so are stepping it up. They are. So um, just, you know, keep that in mind. I'm sure we'll announce it when, when we finally do get some designs up there. But we're going to be making some new gear. Yes. And I'm excited mm-hmm. for the joggers. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, well, you can follow our TikTok and our Instagram at Don't Drink the Jones Juice. We just did the Facebook and uh, merch, so I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. See you next week. For God's sake, don't drink the Jones Juice.